listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. He'd have to walk past the pace of bench to go. Now Artest has jumped over the scorer's table and is trying to get down to the bench. Artest is in the stands. Oh, this is awful. Fans are getting involved. Steven Jackson's in the fans. Rasheed Wallace going into the stands. The security trying to somehow restore order. Fans and players are going at it, and the players trying to help each other out. This is a disgrace. If you go up, I'm not even a huge tequila fan, but uh, it made me like tequila. So every time I go in Specs, the liquor store out here, they just never have any. It's always yeah. sold out. Very popular. Yeah, I uh, I want to try the Rocks tequila. The Rock it's makes called. tequila. Um, yeah, he uh, he he pushes it all the time. It's uh, Terramana or whatever. Every uh, dollar you spend is going to his future Republican National Convention. <laughs> uh, it's happening. Why do you say Republican? Why do you think he's going to go be a Republican? <laughs> because he literally made a television show about his young self that kind of functions as a 10-hour presidential ad. It's crazy. <laughs> it's it's so well made, but it's very clear that this is his presidential uh, ad. It's insane. Yeah, the Rock is Republican, and he makes enough money to where no one's gonna really judge him for being a Republican. But he's definitely a Republican. Somebody, somebody said on a separate podcast that you know how people used to like write a book, like "Oh, this is who I am" sort of thing before they would run for president. Mm-hmm. He, yep. he he said, "Fuck that! I'm getting out there. I'm getting out there deep. Nobody's <laughs> yeah. gonna read. Nobody's gonna read a book. I'm gonna get there with a TV series. He literally, yeah, made yeah, a family friendly TV series about his values and morals." That will stand as his as his book. It's crazy. It's really well made. I hated how much I I watched like the first episode and I was like, oh, I can't watch this. This is a, this is a this is a campaign ad. But goddamn, <laughs> this is a good campaign ad. So it's gonna it's gonna work on people. You got to think about the rocks tequila as like a, just a fuck you to Vin Diesel. Like I don't need your <laughs> Fast and Furious money. So I'm out here selling tequila. You know what's it. funny is George Clooney had a tequila too. He made a billion dollars off of selling that thing george clooney is a billionaire jesus some guys get all the luck and handsome that's just not fair and handsome um and like married to stacy keebler just living my childhood dreams basically the um thing with the 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 money is in the liquor companies to be honest um if you could make a liquor company do it. it (laughs) <laughs> all right anyway uh three two one welcome to the one take podcast episode 78 we are reviewing untold malice at the palace how we doing everybody we're doing okay we're doing good we're doing fine yeah we're doing good we're doing better than some of the fans uh in this documentary which yeah means- i was gonna say i didn't get punched in the face by an nba athlete today so <laughs> look it up uh yeah that that 
that poor guy that didn't throw that drink. <laughs> uh, I mean, you the look of like pure terror on his on that dude's he was innocent on that dude's face when uh what's his face? Uh Paul or not Paul Pierce. I was gonna say when Meta World Peace uh came into the stands. All right, before it's, we, it's before hilarious. We get into it. We, Insanity. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going with Rod Artest today. I'm not. Yeah, me yep. too. I'm, I'm not doing the Metal World Peace thing or whatever his name is now. I'm sorry. He's Ron Artest. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I never actually truly adopted that. <laughs> to be honest, I Mama just... called him Ron. I'm gonna call him Ron. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So Malice at the Palace. You know about it. We're doing something different. We don't really do documentaries, but I think this is such a kind of a cool thing. It, it is cool. The documentary, we'll get into it. I don't think it says anything new, but it's it's something that happened in our lifetime that they're making a documentary about. And it is huge. Um, it, it is weird now that we're old enough for Malice at the Palace to be a documentary, but, you know, mm. uh, <laughs> And this is supposed to be a series, I think. This is the first episode in a series, sort of like their Netflix is 30 for 30. But uh, a ball, a brawl broke out near the end of a game between the Indiana Pacers and Detroit Pistons on November 19th, 2004. Nearly 17 years later, we re-examined that night and all of the consequences. Directed by a guy named Floyd Russ. It has Jermaine O'Neal, Stephen Jackson, and Ron Art. Meta, Meta World Peace. Um has a 7.5 user score on IMDb. I don't think it has a rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, people seem to like it. I've, you know, I haven't heard anybody say it was terrible or anything like that. So, uh, yeah. So, definitely read a TVMA. So, if you're wanting to show your kids this, just be aware that Steven Jackson is going to cuss at you. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The what did y'all think about it? Guess go, Dex, go ahead. Yeah, man. Like you said, this didn't really tell us anything new. Like it's called Untold, but everything that was in it, I've been told before. Uh, it felt like it was building up to be like some kind of epic thing or whatever. The production value was incredible. Like out of the gate, like their intro like sequence is just super dope, and you're like, oh shit, it's about to get real. It's going down, and then just nothing really happens that much you like hang out with reggie miller for a little while and you're sad that reggie miller never won a title are you like, that's that's like not why i came to the mouth of the palace <laughs> documentary to like hear about reggie miller and jermaine o'neal never winning championships like okay that's that's sad i guess but like that's not what i'm here for uh if i like it it could have been a little juicier there wasn't any like any like mind-blowing or like just interesting tidbits or anything like that i just wasn't that moved by it but it is fun to just kind of hang out and talk about nba fans getting punched in the face by nba players like that's some crazy shit that we all got to see happen <laughs> it's just nice to revisit so off the strength of that it's like a like a c plus b minus only at like an hour i mean why not watch it you know 
yeah it's it's definitely worth the like it's definitely worth watching just because the malice at the palace thing is riveting it's one of the craziest things that has happened at a sporting event like an american sporting event now at like soccer games they have like full-on riots and shit like that but like <laughs> yeah they're like shooting explosives at each other and they're yeah. just happy yeah at a, at a at an american sporting event you would have never thought the NBA players were going to run up into the stands and fight fans <laughs> in, in force, like, like multiple NBA players, not just Ron Artest went off the rails. It was like, it was like all stars were going up into the stands and fighting just like Joe six pack crazy. <laughs> so it's worth the watch, but it is only like an hour. It's crazy. Teach. Uh, so I remember this day vividly when it happened. This was in the middle of my freshman year at Texas. And I was at a bar. I was at Pluckers, actually, with some friends uh, watching the game. And this happened. So you can only imagine my sheer joy of just seeing people going to the stands and punch the shit out of fans. It's just incredible. It's <laughs> incredible content. So there's only so there's only like this documentary can only be but so bad because the like like Royden said, this is super compelling stuff. Culturally, it's huge. The, the the reactions to it were huge. Then, to be frank, like we we just as Americans have an obsession with that story of, of race, and this is a very very racial thing. There are mostly black athletes going to the stand, beating up mostly white fans. That's just compelling content. That's why in <laughs> boxing you see Floyd Mayweather fighting a Mexican dude every every time we get to Cinco de Mayo. It's not because. He wants to beat up Mexican dudes just because that's what people like those kind of storylines. Unfortunately, people like people respond to that stuff. This is one of the biggest things that's ever happened in the NBA. And it literally changed the face of the NBA overnight. Like this was a huge cultural moment. And so I'm kind of with Dex. It, it, it feels weird that this is a part of a larger documentary series. Well, that part's not weird, but this is an event that's so big. It deserves kind of its own thing. And, and we're so spoiled by what ESPN has done with the 30 for 30, with the, the last dance of really sitting you in this moment and giving you all the, a lot of the full context. We're going to show you exactly who the Indiana Pacers were. We're going to show you exactly who the Detroit Pistons were. We're going to show you that they just won a championship. We're going to show you that Indiana was knocking on the door for a long time. Like Ron Artest is the guy who, who quote unquote started this thing. He was the best player on a team that people thought were going to win the championship. So this is a massive yeah. story. Like we, we, a lot of people only remember Ron Artest in, in, the, in the later days of his career when he was with the Rockets, which was a lot of fun, and when he was at the Lakers and won the championship. But at this time, Ron Artest... Elbowing, <laughs> elbowing James Harden <laughs> in the, like, dude, in the back nasty. of the head. At, at this point, he was one of the best players in the league on both ends. Like He wasn't just digging people up. He was also scoring. He was also giving you 20 a night. So this was just... It's just like such a cool subject matter. And I, there's nothing new in this documentary, but I would have sat and watched three hours of this thing just because there's so much to break down. There's so much to talk about around this one incident. And so it, it was enjoyable enough, but it's mostly just enjoyable because I just like sitting in the moment and listening to these stories and hearing these players talk. The players were super compelling. Jermaine O'Neal was hilarious. Steven Jackson's always hilarious. Ron Artest is always hilarious. Um, so I would give it a, a B minus. Uh, but again, it's, it's like a, I understand why if you're making a, five-part sports series that this is one of the entries and this is the first entry but i really wanted this to have its own three-hour documentary from every angle i want to break down every second of the fight they didn't even talk about the fact that uh uh what's his fame the point guard i always forget his name but he was in the stands jamal tinsley 
He was in the stands getting beat up by uh, Ben Wallace's brother. Or Fred, what? Fred Jones's brother. There's so, and there's a point in the fight where this massive black dude runs up on Jamal Tisney is beating the shit out of him. And that was uh, a Detroit's player's brother. So, like, there's so much to break down. There's I don't remember little, that. Every little interaction of this fight is its own separate 20-minute breakdown. Fans are getting punched. Fans are drunk. Fans are running onto the floor. That dude almost died. Like, this is just fun. I wish we had spent a lot more time there, but it was a solid uh, B minus. I, I enjoyed it enough, at least. Reggie Miller did have a point. Jermaine O'Neal would have killed that man. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, dude, i so glad he slipped because that man would have had fucking manslaughter right there. It's like when, <laughs> do you remember, do you remember hearing about when uh, Rudy Tomjanovich got punched? Oh my God, uh, he almost died. Yeah, that's what it would have been like. He like broke his brain stem or something like crazy. Uh, like, but yeah, like broke his face. Um, it would have been like Bobby Portis and uh, Miritich. Like. That was Kermit Washington, the guy who yeah. punched him. That The guy who punched Rudy Tomlinson was Kermit Washington. He almost yeah. killed him. Yeah, it did. It was crazy. He said, "Like Kermit Washington, what a name!" Yep. Yeah, he. <laughs> if you if you don't know that story, Rudy Tomjanovich, uh, Hall of Fame coach for the Rockets, but he was also like an All Star player for the Rockets all those years ago. Had his career kind of turned sideways because Kermit Washington turned around and cold cocked him so hard that he was tasting spinal fluid in the back of his mouth. He hit Insane. him that hard. He said, "Jesus." He said. He hit him so hard he thought the scoreboard fell on it. That's how like that's how hard he hit Ooh. him. <laughs> Fuck, man. You can find it on YouTube. It is a crazy. It is a crazy. He, he nails him. It was so, a perfect punch. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but yeah, th- th- this back to the documentary. This documentary is like it's not OJ made in America. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna yeah. learn anything. You you could make this about because they they very lightly go over the surface of of how brutalized they were by the media and yeah. like and you know they called a bunch of thugs and and a bunch I of stand- a whole documentary yeah. about that shit because like exactly insane a bunch of a bunch of you actually who actually comes out looking good on this is stephen a smith like because <laughs> he was the most level-headed headed out of all of them if you go back and watch those clips which yeah. is crazy but it's crazy to think that he could ever be the most level-headed person responding to a news story right <laughs> also crazy to think he still has the exact same hairline like 18 years later <laughs> It's still like exactly as receded as it was in 2004. No more, no less. I mean, you had like Fox News weighing in on this. Like, you know, it's just CNN. Like it was just it was it was crazy. And so many people have egg on their face. But just like how, you know, should Ron Artest have gone into the stands? Absolutely not. But like to, to just tell all these people like to me, how racially motivated the, the news coverage is crazy. It is bananas. And they just barely kind of scrape over the surface of that. Like you could have done a whole episode on how, how deep the, the cover, the criminal investigation was. He said it was like bigger than the OJ trial or something like that. Like how much evidence was poured. He said it's more than like a murder trial really is how much he, time and effort the DA put into this. And then, you know, you could do a whole episode on that. It, they, they marketed it as sort of 
oh, well, the, the side of the story that you haven't heard from the players, which just isn't really true because we kind of all have like heard it before. And they didn't, and even the players didn't really say anything other than Jermaine O'Neal being like, this ruined my career. Yeah, but you were still like a three-time all-star after that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit. But I think injuries ruined your career more down the line than actually anything else. But regardless, I mean, Steven Jackson still won a championship. Ron Artest still won a championship. Like, you know, it's. And that's like kind of just what they do at the end of the documentary. Mm -hmm. They're just like, sucks for Reggie Miller and Jermaine O'Neal, but like rings though. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's, this is, this is one of the moments that you when Len Bias died that literally changed the NBA because the NBA was well was known by its white the NBA supported by white fans especially the people in the crowd it's just, it's just it's, the white people love the NBA and it had the reputation in the 70s of being drug ridden and too many black athletes and prima donnas who are just spending all this money and then Len Bias died and it kind of changed everything and then you kind of go into the Michael Jordan era, which of course really elevated the game in terms of people that were watching it. Popularity. And in, yeah. yeah. And in that post Michael Jordan era, this is when you get the, you know, like every, every NBA player looks like a rapper and white fans were just like, well, you know, all of them look like Allen Iverson with these baggy ass pants. And this thing happens and David Stern kind of uses it as a moment to change more the control, cultural yeah. face of the league. Yeah. He basically is like, I have all the power and now there's going to be a dress code. Now I'm going to put these, all these guys in suits the suits were horrendous. They could have been 10 minutes awful. on how awful <laughs> the suits were. Oh, my God, bro. The These 2004 NBA, players... NBA draft suits. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. If you haven't seen that picture, hold on. Continue, Teach. Sorry. <laughs> the suits were horrendous. But it literally, like, in direct response to these corporate sponsors in the backlash coming from white America because of this event, which looked horrible on television, ESPN is playing it on loop for, for seven days straight everybody's pissed off and there were big changes made at the face of the league that kind of uh, take away some of the player agency to be themselves, you know, so to speak, you know, it, it's just, a, it, the whole thing is so fascinating, not just the actual fight, which is just fun, which is just, it's just fun to see people fight, especially when one team is stacked with pro athletes, the other team is stacked with fat, drunk white people. Like, it's just fun to watch that. Um, it, so much happened. It's, there was so much backlash and it really is, uh, kind of a, a a little encapsulation of the moment that we were in in America. It's just such a fascinating topic that it feels weird to have an hour about it. Whereas the only way you could really learn something from this documentary is if you've never heard of this story before. But yeah. who hasn't heard of this story before? Like 12 year olds. That's about it. Like everybody else has heard of this story before because it was literally everywhere. Like y'all said, it was on Fox News. It was on CNN. It was on your local sports talk radio. It was everywhere. It was the biggest story in the country. So you know, it, it feels weird that we, it's like called untold, but like we didn't learn anything. I would, I want to hear the something I've never heard about this story before, which would be hard because I feel like I know everything about this story because I was obsessed with it for a long time. Yeah. So we, it just we, feels like short shrift to a really wide topic. You know, I, going back on it, just side note, Kirk Heinrich cracks me up in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> so much fucking Look fabric. at these suits. Oh my God just uh, uh you know we could like, have clothed whole populations with the extra fabric in this photo just yeah. the extra fabric like this is crazy 
every time I look at this picture, though, we're looking at the picture of the, I think it's 2003 NBA draft class. Uh, yeah. LeBron James being in the all white suit just feels so appropriate. Like <laughs> for the rest of his life, for the rest of his career, like you, if you had to pick one of these dudes that was going on where to greatness and like was expected to go on to greatness since he was like a sophomore in high school, it's the guy in the all white suit. Yeah. <laughs> they're all wearing like, they're all wearing like church suits, man. Like it's all like, it, it's all like something that you would have worn to church back in the day. And then you just got LeBron James and they're all white. Yeah. <laughs> and and then uh, who, this man right here actually has the best cut. Now looking back at it. Yeah. Like, yes. Way ahead of his time. Anyway, how much look at these pants, bro. Look at how baggy some of these pants are. This that's is, crazy. That's insane. They're stepping on the back of these like boot cut jeans. <laughs> <laughs> what was Carmelo Anthony doing, bro? Like, <laughs> what is happening? It's like, does he have just the top button buttoned on his like what is <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's like a it's like a gray suit with 18 buttons, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm serious. I think, hold on. One, two, three, four, five. That's he has six insane. buttons on this goddamn jacket. That's insane. <laughs> Why did he think that that was what he should do? Gray, only like the top one is buttoned. Yeah. And everything else is just... <laughs> Gray suit, like a like a cream-colored shirt, which just does not match, and black shoe. Uh, oh, my God. Anyway, sorry. We got off to... David Stern was like, I would rather them wear these than... <laughs> Baggy pants. Then those baggy ass pants, and it's like, oh, the pants, the pants are still baggy. It's still baggy. It's still the same thing. Same thing. Before, before we jump back into the documentary, real quick, I just want to like one of the few good things to come out of the NBA bubble is like coaches and the players who aren't playing just showing up in like sweats, half half zips, and like tech fleece, <laughs> like some Jordan ones, and like just. Just vibing, just chilling. We don't have to. We don't have to pretend that you know you got to coach an NBA game in a suit. Nah, you can do this in a fucking Nike half zip with your team's logo on it. That's fine. They Look straight how up. Far things have come. Like now we have the, the NBA shows we watch have segments about the fashion of the players. So you want the they've realized you want the players to express themselves because it creates more content. But it's like we went from having a dress code to. Now we are highlighting the outfits that players wear. You see the same similar fights like in the UFC. They wear, they have to wear UFC regalia. They have to wear the stuff they make you wear. And everybody's like, this is stupid. If you're trying to market fighters, you need to let them express themselves and let them wear what the fuck they want to because that adds to the appeal. People like weird outfits. You should let them wear the weird outfits because it helps. The NBA realized that like we should stop trying to cater to these corporate white sponsors and just let the players represent like express themselves because it creates content it's it's that simple but we 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 weren't there we weren't there in 2004 that we had them all in suits and they looked ridiculous they half of them looked ridiculous <laughs> i don't half know i hadn't worn a suit since they were drafted like they looked ridiculous uh i don't know man i don't think you should let uh colby covington wear what he wants to wear i think <laughs> that's a good point I just... yeah, stay colby covington in the crypto.com <laughs> shit um, like immediately <laughs> <laughs> he can wear UFC branded shit. Like he doesn't have to. <laughs> he, he, nah, he he gets a dress code. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I I think I end up giving this like a C plus just because I was really expecting them to like the the players didn't really tell us anything that we couldn't see on film anyway. 
You know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. know just because I was young, like I didn't know the background of like who was arrested and what happened to them legally and stuff like that. I just knew like, this is one of the first big sports moments that I remember like following, like start to finish. But I, even I didn't know like the, just gonna say it was unavoidable. It's like right when you start like nine, 10, start kind of getting into sports real heavy and you start watching sports center with your dad and stuff like that. But this was on Stuart Scott is on yeah, yeah, all day, every day. <laughs> it was everywhere. And, yeah. So I remember this, you know, vividly, but I don't, I didn't know sort of the legality behind it. And so I was kind of really interested about that part. They don't really go into it that they just kind of, like I said, they just skim over the surface of all this. And look, the players that they interviewed are the players that you want to hear from. You wanted to like getting Ron Artest, Steven Jackson and uh, Jermaine O'Neal is who you want to talk to. Like, I, I mean, Reggie Miller's a hall of famer, but I couldn't give a fuck. I'm not even going to lie to you, bro. I didn't realize Reggie Miller was like at the mouse at the palace at all. Cause like he wasn't. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he was wearing a suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was injured wearing a suit. Like I never, I never noticed that Reggie Miller was at that shit to be honest with you. <laughs> nah. And uh, it, it's like, he came off better in this than he does his entire broadcasting career. But like- yes. <laughs> yes, he sounded so much better doing this interview than he did, does like talking on TNT to fucking Kevin Harlan or whoever the fuck. Like, yeah. I, I just, I just think they really skimmed over the surface even more than some of the, the shorter 30 for thirties do that aren't named OJ or the, uh, or the Michael document, Michael Jordan documentary. Uh, I, I don't know, like, yeah, it really just became like a career retrospective. Like we said for Jermaine O'Neal and Reggie Miller, which, all right. Yeah, I mean, not exactly what I'm here for in the Mouse of the Palace documentary, but didn't really sign up to hear the Jermaine O'Neal like what what if story of Jermaine O'Neal's career. We just don't really care about that. Yeah, Jermaine uh, O'Neal, like he was great. I I no, he was really good. He's a twenty and ten player. guy on and was like an all defensive. He, he he's six time All Star, all defensive first team. Like he was, but he he's played. not like I got to tune in for a documentary about what could have been. No. Like, He's not, he's not that guy. Like if this was called the Jermaine O'Neal documentary, knowing that they were going to touch on Mouse on the Palace, I still would not click play on that because <laughs> it's like, why do I care about Jermaine O'Neal? Yeah, like I'm I'm sorry, man. Like I appreciate that you beat the odds coming from South Carolina as a six foot eleven person. <laughs> <laughs> and you made it to the NBA. <laughs> but, <laughs> dude, that always gets me, man. It's like I, you know, like coming where oh, from where i'm from like you know most people don't make it or whatever it's like yeah most people are seven 11. feet tall <laughs> <laughs> so, they knew you know. i had something special they kept me out the streets because they knew i had something special it's like yeah because you were fucking 12 and you were six nine like <laughs> yeah i think they can predict yeah, you might have a future you basketball. might have <laughs> a future <laughs> yeah it's not like chris paul being six foot <laughs> Everybody just having to be like, yeah, that kid's good. Like he might have a future in this. Nah, bro, they can spot you from a mile away. <laughs> I, no, it's not Jokic coming from Serbia or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Although Jokic is like seven foot tall. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Jokic is seven feet tall. Like yeah, it wasn't. I mean, hey, I've seen basketball before. You might be good at it. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I just. I think 
it's a, yeah, it's always like J.R. Richard came from like this small Louisiana town or whatever. And it was like, it was like, man, I was really, uh, I was, I was really grinding out here. Yeah. But you also threw 110 miles an hour. Like, you know, <laughs> just some, or rest in peace to him. But like some people are just born with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I, I any, it, I, I really would have liked to hear, heard more from, uh, from the Pistons players. I mean, I, Ben Wallace has been like really open about talk. Like I wanted to hear from Rashid Wallace, like, give me, you know, give me all of that. Ben Wallace side note has the deepest voice. I think on the planet of all time (laughs) on the planet. It was shocking. Like I, I heard him like talk at the draft or whatever, but I hadn't heard Ben Wallace talking forever. He got on there and it was like, I was stunned. I was stunned. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God. This is the deepest voice of, anyway, but like I needed to hear from Rashid Wallace, you know what I mean? Like, because he was also an instigator and all that too. I guess it seems like Sheed is just like super willing to talk to anyone about anything, but he wasn't in the documentary, which is weird. Yeah, I think I I do like the part of the documentary where they were like, where they're like, Ron Artest was a was a wild card, so we needed to go out and get Steven Jackson. (laughs) Jackson. <laughs> known level-headed Stephen Jackson from Port Arthur, Texas. You know what I mean? Like, like I like I like Stephen Jackson. Like, just uh, you know, kind of on principle. He said some weird stuff recently, but like, it I, just kind of on principle. I like his personality and everything. And you know, he's from Texas. Like, he's a he's a Hall of Famer from Texas, Hall of uh, Port Arthur, Texas. And it, but to to justify having to deal with Ron Artest by getting Steven Jackson is insane. We just need a tough guy. Just somebody who, somebody who could fight Ron Artest is what we basically. (laughs) (laughs) Cause like we can't whoop his ass, but Steven Jackson might. (laughs) It's also insane that Jamal Tinsley was like, Hey Ron, go get your file. You know who you're talking to. Yeah. You're not talking to Reggie Miller. You're talking to Ron Artest. He doesn't. He only knows one setting. Like he's not going to do a little foul. He's going to try to murder someone. What are you yeah, doing? That, why would you, why would you ask him that? That I didn't know before was that Jamal Tinsley started this shit. That's <laughs> the one new thing that I learned. That it's uh, all Jamal Tinsley's fault. Nobody talks about that. It's Jamal Tinsley's fault. They need to get Jamal Tinsley in here for. I wish he would have been like, no, I absolutely <laughs> did not. I would never say that. Why would why, I ever say? That? Why would you think that I said that? <laughs> but I love how they're like, Ron, go get your foul. And he's just like, okay. Like, like fuck him up. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, like Ben Wallace just like just pedally throwing like armbands and headbands across the across the arena. <laughs> also, you're fouling Ben Wallace too, known level-headed Ben Wallace in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, like, Ben Wallace not willing to fight. <laughs> One thing that they didn't talk about in that documentary that I think they should have touched on more, um, those Indiana-Detroit scores are disgusting. Gross. The one, for, the one from the end of the series of the year before, it was like 65 to 62. That's, yeah. a, that's a fucking crime against humanity. Here, that's, I can, that's a fucking rocket second quarter score. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to watch a full game of 65 to 62 in the NBA. That is that's disgusting. Like, that's playoff basketball. Is the, the team that wins is going to score 65 points? 
Eastern Conference Finals, 2004 Eastern Conference Finals. Listen to these scores. Disgusting, dude. Oh, game one, Indiana Pacers take it in a barn burner, 78 to 74. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Dude, this is game fucking... two. Game two, Detroit Pistons take it, 72 to 67. This is disgusting basketball. <laughs> game three. Disgusting. Game three, Detroit takes it, 85 to 78. <laughs> Game game four, Indiana Pacers wiped the floor with them, eighty three to sixty eight. No oh. one's cracked ninety yet in any game. No, no oh. one, no one cracks ninety at all. Jeez, game insane. Game five, Detroit takes it again, eighty three sixty five. In game six, the one we're talking about, sixty nine to sixty five. Wait, that so is a high school score. Nice. How many times did a team score less than 70 in the series? It's like five. That's uh, insane. One, That's insane. Two, three, four times. Uh, well, if you want to, both of them didn't score more than 70 in the, in the last game. <laughs> oh, my God. Let this, oh, like how many fouls are in this game? That's These disgusting. are like Big 12 battles late in the conference season. <laughs> yeah, this is Kansas State versus TCU on a Tuesday. This is disgusting. This is disgusting. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, Rip Hamilton, or no, Richard Hamilton had the uh, game high 21 points. Uh, what do you, it, I, how did y'all watch this, man? <laughs> Like, I get that people willingly people hate like the the space the floor three point shots era and all the empty stats or whatever but I'm sorry man 69 to 65 I'm not doing that get the fuck out of here oh that's my the whole series. god that's not a one off that's the entire series is just oh you're gonna see a basket every three minutes that's <laughs> really bad basketball I'd much rather watch the Bucks and the Nets like play each other first to 150 <laughs> this and they were fouling the shit out of each other oh, yeah, Indiana 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 had 20 fouls Detroit had 18 in that final game 69 point oh and that's man. just the fouls they called there's a foul on every plan that's in that series i promise you <laughs> you could hand check at that time it was a very different ball game bro very different also reggie reggie miller shooting shooting two for eight in that final game choke you, artists. you're the reason you didn't win a win you got <laughs> <Choke artists. laughs> six points disgusting effort from you six points yucks reggie to borrow a michael wilbon and tony kornheiser special Choked like a dog. <laughs> oh my god! I, I just yeah that that I saw that score popped up and it was like my breath was taken away. I was like, oh, ew, ew. I will we'll get the occasional game where like somebody doesn't crack eighty in the NBA. Like I think the either the Jazz or the Nuggets in that series in the bubble like didn't crack eighty, and it was like super gross, but. The winning team only having 69 points is just what are we doing this for? Yeah, There's no way this was fun. Those fans in Detroit couldn't care less. They're like winning basketball right here. That defense wins championships. Whatever, <laughs> There's a fan base that celebrated them trying to decapitate Michael Jordan for like three years. Yeah, and also a fan base that like wants to kill Jalen Green now, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> They'll celebrate Bill Lambeer like he's the second coming up there, man. 
No, I just, I, I, I don't know. I can't really, you have to watch it because it really does try to push the narrative of like, I want y'all to go through like frame by frame of all that. So it's like, but we've seen all the footage. We've you know seen I mean? it all. Like, we love watching this shit. This is one of those like on this day post every single year. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we are on top of this one. We love talking about Malice at the Palace. We've seen all the footage. So for them to go like go frame by frame and show them what happens. Like, yeah, we already knew that people threw drinks and were fucking crazy. You know, it's like you weren't breaking any you weren't breaking any news there that people are assholes. You know what I mean? Like we we we've all kind of known that the the fans really started it. You know what I mean? So it's not really like you weren't breaking any new ground with it. It was so confusing of what they were trying to accomplish with that. You know what I mean? We got to talk to some of the the fans and the just people who aren't NBA players that they talked to. Like they had two security guards who happened to be there. Like they interviewed for this and they said nothing. I was like this. This is just a waste. Like, I thought it was going to be, oh, shit. Well, you know, we saw this and that, and we experienced, like, all kinds of crazy shit that you can't even imagine. But they were just like, nah, it was crazy in there. <laughs> and that was yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, there was only two of us. Like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. like yeah, I had no idea who Reggie Miller was. Didn't know who he was. I had no <laughs> idea why this guy in a suit was giving me shit. It's like, you thought a six nine black dude in a suit that happened to be standing on the floor was like an a NBA fan? game. What did, you, what did you think he was? <laughs> that was the funniest part. That was the funniest part of the whole documentary. Stephen Jackson goes, "You don't know who fucking Reggie Miller is." Yeah, and like it reminded me of uh, that story from earlier this year, where like the the security at Madison Square Garden didn't recognize Patrick Ewing. And I'm like, Patrick Ewing is seven Six, feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> like, and his face is all over Madison Square Garden. It, you've seen his face every time you walk into the arena. You don't know who this person is? Like, He's that's seven crazy. feet tall. He's, He's seven wearing feet tall. Georgetown Hoya gear. Like, I wonder what he's doing here. <laughs> if you're at an NBA, just just assume just assume that anybody that is, like, uh, over 6'5 is probably on the team. Like, <laughs> Especially if he's wearing a suit that's more expensive than your whole life. Just assume that that person is someone important. Like, just assume that they should be there. And, like, you're not, you're not going to get it wrong most of the time. Like... <laughs> There aren't six foot five people who are just like sneaking into NBA arenas. Like, <laughs> Without some like, somebody noticing. Yeah, I feel like if you're like six foot five, either you are in the NBA or you want nothing to do with the NBA because people will say that should be you out there. Like every time they see you. You'll get tired of hearing that real fast. Yeah, like, so you- like Kimba Walker, I could be like, okay, like, Exactly. You know, you're you five foot anybody. eleven. You could be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, Boban Marjanovic, like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna question him walking down. Yeah, what are you doing here? What do you think he's doing? Here? <laughs> I don't know. That was that was funny where he was <laughs> so Indiana Pacers rather the Detroit Pistons. You don't know who fucking Richie Miller is. <laughs> yeah. And that... like they were playing each other every single year in the playoffs. Like you would think at some point you would have just noticed. The ball you know guy I, making all the threes. You know what I thought was funny about this is they do go into a little bit of the legality of it. And that guy that nearly got depleted by Jermaine O'Neal, um, but also got punched by uh, Ron Artest straight up, who walked onto the court. He got he got like an actual like sentence for that. Like he got like like a misdemeanor, uh, like assault charge. 
<laughs> Which is like, oh man. He's like, they tried to come out and blame me. It was like, well, you came onto the court, buddy. I do love that that guy sounded like he still wants to shoot the fair one with Jermaine O'Neal to this day. He was like, yeah, it's like you want to square up. Punch me. Sucker punch me. It was a bitch it's, move. Like, it's easy to sound like that when Jermaine O'Neal's not in the room and it's just some white camera dudes in the room. <laughs> His energy would have been different if Jermaine O'Neal, because Jermaine O'Neal is still seven feet tall. Yeah. He might be old, but he's still seven feet tall. <laughs> it's still got the reach on you, I can guarantee. <laughs> oh, man. I can't I can't imagine being punched in the face by like a full sprinting like NBA player. I don't know about y'all, but it's been it's been years since I've been punched in the face. I am not I am not mm. with that life. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not, good. I'm good. I'm out here trying to avoid being punched in the face at all costs. So, like, I if I were to be punched in the face by an NBA player, it would be the first time I've been punched in the face in like over a decade. <laughs> I might die. I think I would. I think I would die. I'm not. And, I'm not about it, bro. You got it. <laughs> and y'all are speaking as sober people. Imagine if you're drunk and you just see a hulked out Ron Ar- prime Ron Artest running at you with murderous <laughs> rage in his eyes. I would literally faint before he got there. Like, Dude. there's no way. There's shit. No Especially way, if man. you did. If you're not the one who like you the didn't drink. do it. Like, oh, yeah. he thinks I did. Oh shit. I'm like, sorry. Oh, I, I, I told you, bro. What's it mean? <laughs> the, the, I, I would shit and go into the fetal position. I would poop my pants <laughs> and then fall down. No, bro. No, no. Chill. chill. <laughs> chill. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> like I said, the look on the look on that guy's face is when they slow it down and you can see that he's like, oh, shit, he's coming. He thinks it was me. Like, <laughs> that's got to be the scariest moment. Pure that's, horror. That's pure horror right there, bro. That's insanity. Because not only is right, there's some dudes in the NBA that are like huge, you know, but like, like, you know, Luka Doncic isn't scaring anybody. He's just six foot eight. You know what I mean? Yes. Ron Artest is fucking massive. He He's is a like linebacker. He's yeah. Like that's, it's insane. Like, no, don't come at me, bro. Don't do yeah. that. Uh, but it, it, stay your ass down there, bro. Like we're not doing this shit. He, the, I just cannot get over the look on that guy with glad. Like you can go find that still image, but he's just like, oh no <laughs> and the dude that threw the damn drink i mean he got he he got like slapped with some harsh uh sentencing and things like that like but he basically like inciting a riot or something like that yeah. but he um he uh what an asshole that dude <laughs> that he was just with i would have sued the that guy was a pants off that. i would have sued the pants out that guy if i was the guy that got punched by Ron oh, Artest, yes. I would have been like, "You started this. I'm gonna sue you." Because then he just kind of like ducks out of the way and then tries to like fight Ron Art, like punch Ron Artest in the back of the head. I, I'd be so mad. I would be yeah. so mad. The dude who threw the drink is obvious, very obviously a dickhead. But I have a bigger problem with all the people, like as the players are being escorted out of the tunnel, and like this is over, bro. Quit throwing your popcorn and sodas down here. Like, and chairs. <laughs> yeah, you're throwing chairs like down onto these people. Like it's this is over. We're not fighting anymore. Are you? We're not a part of this. Okay, keep your popcorn. Take yourself, buddy. Like, yeah. I do like out of this arena. I do like how they all tried to fight uh, Ron Artest in the uh, in the locker room. Ron yeah, like, didn't think he was ever gonna get in trouble. Like yo, do y'all think we're gonna get in trouble? Excuse- <laughs> like what? What, what dummy? What <laughs> I've heard that story before because Steven Jackson told it on like 
highly questionable or whatever back in the day, like when Levitard was still doing it. <laughs> Every Y'all single time that I hear that shit, bro, I <laughs> I just can't believe it. Like, how do you? How do you come to work with this person every day? (laughs) (laughs) Knowing that they were like, I think we're going to be in trouble. (laughs) What the fuck is... I can't blame you for wanting to fight that man. That was so funny. It's like... It's like if you it's like if you cheat on a test and get caught or something and you get sent to the principal and you're sitting there like... It's the same energy. What do you think is going to happen? You think we're going to get in trouble? Like... (laughs) Bro, yes, the fuck. <laughs> like he started a food fight in the high school cafeteria. Like, they were gonna get in trouble. Jermaine, <laughs> he should have been like, "We, <laughs> <laughs> bro, I will throw you under the bus right now." That is but, crazy. That like an all star, like an all NBA player. I mean, he wasn't up into the. He was a great player, but he didn't sort of get better like until after this i feel like like he started making all-star teams i think after this or he made one all-star team but i don't know ron artest man lost a whole year of his career (laughs) on the back of that shit that's crazy in his prime and it it puts it does put the teammates in a really weird spot because there's only one of two ways that goes when you run into the crowd the the crowd is going to rip him to shreds like there's only one of him uh, I would I would have bet it. I would have bet. I would have bet on Ron Artest. You only you only gotta beat a few of them off you before the rest are like, <laughs> oh, no. Nah. Before the rest are like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want this anymore. <laughs> but yeah, you're until he finished. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, it does put it because it's like, okay, either I go and try and like, I love how Stephen Jackson was immediately about it. Like he didn't even think about it. He was he just like that question in his brain. He was like, "All right, we're going in the stands. Fuck this, it. This the stands. Most most people most people would be like, "Wait, hold on, let's see." <laughs> he was like, "Listen, for me, I know for sure that like if I see Ron Artest going into the stands, I'm gonna be like, oh damn, Ron Artest is going into the stands.'" <laughs> but Stephen Jackson was like. No, we going into the stands. <laughs> that means we are going into the stands. All this of us are in the stands now. <laughs> he's looking back. Reggie, where are you at? And he's like, no, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> you go with God. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just. And the fact that Jermaine O'Neal didn't go into the stands, but still ran over there. Or did he go in the stands? Who, I think he did, yeah. like, he briefly. did, but when and the dude, the dude that came into the, he had just got out of the stands when the dude came into the, came down onto the floor and squared up with him. So he had just got out of the stands, and then he squared up with him, like, yeah, this is the guy I want to fight, the biggest dude on the team. I want to <laughs> fight this guy. Well, also Ron Artest <laughs> being just like, I mean, obviously he just got like manhandled in the stands by like fifteen fans or whatever. So like, I would assume he would be on edge. So that dude coming up to him, but he doesn't even even think about it and punch the shit out of that guy. Like, can you imagine? Like, even if the guy, I mean, he got, he got charged with like assault, I think too, because uh, he had like a closed fist or whatever. He was going to try and fight him. So Ron Artest got off on that. Cause that would have been just straight up assault if the dude was kind of walking around, but like, but for him to come down and be like, yeah, I'm just, after seeing what he saw and then just to walk towards Ron Artest, you are you high? <laughs> to what? be fair, if this man had stood face to face with Jermaine O'Neal 
and no matter how slight the chances were, if he knocked Jermaine O'Neal out, he's a legend. And remember that Jermaine O'Neal had just played an entire basketball game. So maybe he's tired. And if true. he knocks him out, he becomes a fucking legend in Detroit. No, well, he fights run our test first. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> then Jermaine true. O'Neal ran over there and hit it. So, that's like, true. I don't that know. What bad. are you thinking, man? <laughs> On top of everything else, what is going through your mind that you can be like, yeah, I'm going to walk towards this? What? His thought was, I was made for this moment. I'm about to <laughs> knock Ron Artest out on national television. And this is my time. This is my time. Finally, I will rise from mediocrity and, and claim my, my rightful throne. Like, that was his time. And it wasn't his time. He was wrong. He's very wrong. <laughs> He's very wrong about that. And he got charged. What an awful, <laughs> like, what a bad day at the office, what man. An That's thing. And your team lost by like 20. He had a great, great day. Your team lost. You got knocked out, and also you're being charged. You had a horrendous time at the arena. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think about all the time now when I watch, like, sporting events or whatever, because, like, as an adult, going to these things is a little different, right? Like, you got to either pay to park or you got to park far as fuck. Like, yeah. It's like $25 <laughs> to park at the arena or whatever. So NBA like, tickets were- are expensive, too. They're, like, yeah. the Especially most expensive. Yeah, they're most expensive per capita. Anyway, go ahead. So, yeah, there were people who, like, got their asses beat in this game or, like, were getting punched in the face and then had to walk, like, 10 blocks back to their parking <laughs> spot that they paid, like, 30 bucks for and, like, drive all the way back out to the suburbs of Detroit. Just like, damn, Ron Artest punched me in the face. I wonder if the cops are going to call me. <laughs> somebody somebody just walking home like they were out with they were out with their friends or whatever and they're just getting back home to their wife or whatever they're like what the fuck happened <laughs> oh, uh i was punched by ron artest yeah, i got punched in the face by ron artest uh hey mom mom you're not gonna believe what just happened um uh, turn on yes. your tv turn on tv <laughs> what channel any channel just any, any, channel. any, any, any channel. anyone mom, just turn on any channel you'll see me it's fine just turn on any channel <laughs> turn on nickelodeon it'll be on there <laughs> no i i i like in linda ellerby special the mouth is up to yeah. mouth. <laughs> we we've been you know we've seen this over the past few years and especially this year it kind of got out of control again where fans were throwing shit at uh people or at players and we've said before on this podcast uh let them fight just one time yeah just yeah, one just time one. like i don't not a not a full-on not a full-on like ron artest is running up in the stands and like assaulting an on like a like a innocent person which the first guy he punched was but like if you point, if you figure out who threw it, like let him let him fight. Bring him you, down. Yeah, bring him, him down. Yeah, like that dude who spit on Trey Young. Let yeah. him fight. Let let him fight. We like, can stop Trae the Young game. Strike me as somebody who can fight, but he also strikes me as somebody who might he beat really up me. Shock the hell out of the average person. He's gonna beat the shit out of the average person. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking <laughs> Trey Young in a fight against like. If it's Trey Young versus Trevor Ariza, I'm taking Trevor Ariza. But like, <laughs> if it's Trey Young versus the random dude at a Hawks game who spit on Trey Young, I'm taking Trey Young in that fight. Like, especially when Trey Young is furious because he's just been spit on by this stranger during a pandemic. I, I trust Trey Young to get the job done in there. Yeah, bro, once you get spit on, ain't no going back, bro. Like, yes. I, talk, I talked about how like I, I'm not a fighter. Like, I don't, I don't be getting in fights. 
But once you get spit on, what else are you supposed to do? Ain't nothing. You have no other choice at that point. I'm going to fight you. Yeah. Somebody got to get their ass beat. One of us is getting our ass beat after you spit on me. Like, that's I got to mimic some do. UFC moves at some point. Like, if you spit on me, I'm just going to have to dig deep down in my soul be like, well, fuck it. He, I've already been spit on. What's the worst that can happen here? What's the worst that can happen? I got to fight now. I, yeah, I can't really fight. I don't really, I don't fight, but we'll we'll figure that out really quickly. Yeah, we're going to find out what it looks yeah. like. We're going to learn today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be on ESPN and get my ass whooped, but, like, yeah. we're going to find out. Um, you're going to have to smell you, bro. Like, even if I lose the fight, you're going to know that there are consequences to, even if it means that you broke your knuckle on my face, there will be consequences to you spitting on me, and they will be yeah. physical in, in nature. Like, don't spit on me. There was, I mean, we talked about this on a different podcast too, right before, but it was like somebody threw a beer bottle at Kyrie Irving. And yeah. then you just don't realize that like Kyrie Irving's six foot three. Like <laughs> he doesn't look that on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, five yeah. foot nine, <laughs> like six foot three Kyrie Irving. You just got a beer bottle thrown at him. Like he's like probably, all of he's a, probably cleaning you up. Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, next to face to face with a really like athlete in peak physical condition. And you may rethink that throwing that, <laughs> that beer bottle. I'm going to reconsider and what you did. Obvious. Like after you throw in the beer bottle, the NBA athlete has all of the want to like, <laughs> when it comes to a fight. <laughs> like you, cause there's no way that you are faced up with Kyrie Irving and you want to win that fight more than Kyrie Irving wants to win that fight. Like, it's just not possible. Also, if you're the NBA player and you get your ass whooped, you are now the NBA player that got your ass whooped. <laughs> you're never living that down. Ever, you're, now, you're now Dak Prescott out here. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Dak Prescott is the oh, opposite of Malice man. in the Palace. <laughs> you hadn't seen that video. Dak Prescott got his ass whooped by some fraternity dudes on a beach. Got his ass whooped. <laughs> God, like, dude, he went out very sad. Like, he went out that man very got sad. cooked. <laughs> I this always man is an SEC starting quarterback and was getting smoked by regular frat bros. It was insane to watch. Yeah, they did not care at all. <laughs> <laughs> you can be a Heisman dark horse if you want to be, bro. You can your ass whoop tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. They, I, I want to say they have it on, on YouTube. That's incredible video. Dak was getting cooked. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see if I can. I, I mean, like Heisman Dark Horse, like Mississippi State legend. He got knocked the fuck out. He was running over SEC linebackers for fun. And he literally got beat up by some frat boys on the beach. It's incredible content. We don't get to see that nearly enough. And this was like spring break. Everybody's out here trying to have a good time. Like, <laughs> fucking Dak Prescott on the ground getting his ass beat. And this man went on to play for the Cowboys. <laughs> Millions of dollars. You still got your ass whipped in a parking lot. I'm sure there's plenty of women who were like, who could have been in there, could have trapped Dak Prescott if they wanted to, but he got his ass whipped. It's like, you can't do that now. You I know he still has with, nightmares about that. I know you can't go home with the dude who got his ass whooped. You can't. <laughs> you got your ass whooped. I know we're he done. wakes up in a cold sweat randomly on a random Wednesday, like, God damn, they were whooping my ass again. <laughs> I can't stop having the dreams. Oh, fuck. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Yeah, just I thought I going all the way back to the documentary, I thought that um what really does come out of the is that like Ron Artest does look kind of like an asshole. Like to be honest, regardless of what you think about the fight or who was responsible or I think there's a lot of like I think there's a lot of like finger pointing that goes on. I don't think I don't you know fans shouldn't throw shit, obviously. Like, but should Ron Artest have run up and punched an innocent dude in the face? Yeah, no. no. Yeah, that's yeah. it's it's easy to be blame the fans, and that's fine. We can blame the fans for starting this, but the first dude that got cooked did not deserve to get cooked. Yeah, he did not. He just didn't deserve it. He did not deserve to get cooked. He was just standing there. Just bad luck for that guy. What bad went on for that man? What went on after that is like is all on the fans. Like basically starting a riot and throwing chairs and shit. Like that's all on the fans. That's a terrible look by Detroit, by the way. <laughs> Awful look. Nobody wants to talk about that. But it was also a bad look for. And we talked about the. Am I gonna get in trouble? Like we gonna get in trouble? Yes, Ron. <laughs> like. You can't go into the stands and fight the fans. You just can't. And also him being like, also him being like doing the, uh, what was it? Uh, who was the guy on the Bulls that just like, that just took off like during the season? Uh, the Dennis Rodman. This Dennis, yeah. Rodman. I don't know why I'm blanking on Dennis Rodman. Hall of Famer Dennis Rodman. the Source Awards. Like in the yeah. middle of the season. I was like, <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Imagine you're at halftime of a game. You're like, damn, we really miss a Ron tonight. You look up at the TV and Ron Artest is literally at the Source Awards on the television. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, fuck. <laughs> nah, and but- also, like, I mean, I was in fourth grade in 2004. I wasn't watching Pacers basketball. Like, I live in Houston, Texas. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not watching Eastern Conference Indiana Pacers basketball. Well, like, I wouldn't know who Ron Artest was if he showed up at an award show in 2004. He wasn't an, yeah, an all-star yet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Francis other did, people would have. But. Steve Francis did this, too. He had migraine problems, and he said he had a migraine, and then the, he was, like, at a Super Bowl party that was, like, on TV <laughs> during a Rockets game. <laughs> this happened. Steve Francis did this. With the Super. This is the same Super Bowl that the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake thing happened. Steve Francis was out at a Super Bowl party during a Rockets game when he was supposed to have a migraine. Oh my God! Um, no, I'm so but, glad this didn't happen in the Twitter era. Because oh my God, bro, <laughs> no, we would have got cooked. We yeah, would have oh. got cooked. <laughs> Rockets fans already are down bad. Like we would have been. Uh, uh, Rockets fans, been. is this your franchise at, yeah. the, at the Super Bowl party? We would have got cooked. Stevie franchise at the at a Super Bowl party. This, this is your man's. Yeah, I, I just nobody cares about the Indiana Pacers like that. So, like, I, you know, I don't think they would have been cooked by by Ron Artest being at the Source Awards. But like, yeah, I wouldn't even know who to like go cook if I wanted to talk shit to Indiana Pacers. Yeah, who, who do I find to go at them? To go get them? I don't even know who to at for that. Some dude named Dan out in the cornfield. <laughs> Annie Hoosier, ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> we love our basketball up here. No, but I um. They don't even sound like that, but the uh, sounds the, like Aaron Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody call the National Weather Service. <laughs> Always for giddies from Indiana. <laughs> oh, he is he is Mister Indiana basketball. Like he's one of the best players ever to come from that state, and nobody just knows that. 
It just doesn't matter. (laughs) That's the second time we've referenced that video on this podcast. Hopefully there will be a third because that video is so funny, man. Call call the weatherman. (laughs) Why does he speak like that? Oh, my God. But I think um, <laughs> I think I, he does come off looking like he does come off looking like an asshole. And it's, the funny thing is, is he kind of knows it, too, which is like there, there there is some stuff to be said about mental health in this that like Ron Artest obviously suffers from and he's well aware of it. You know what I mean? But it yeah. still doesn't excuse him for kind of being a, a douchebag and then like wanting. I don't know wanting out of indiana when he started all that shit you know what i mean so it, it was sort of and i do understand him wanting out of indiana though bro yeah like, well you yeah. can't come back no. <laughs> i'm sorry you, you can't <laughs> then they they're like all right you want to out of indiana we're gonna send you to sacramento <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy um yeah so he kind of does come off looking like an asshole and i think he's kind of aware of it which is kind of weird but Cause you would, you would expect him to be like, nah, you know, I don't give a fuck. But like, like Jermaine O'Neal just like, doesn't talk to that man anymore. I wouldn't fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else on this? I just tweeted, sent the Air Gordon video to the One Take Pod account. So we will tweet the Air Gordon, infamous Air Gordon video from the One Take Pod account. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. <laughs> This video is incredible content. You have to watch it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet this right now. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Oh my. Someone called the National Weather Service. <laughs> we had an unanticipated storm in the building tonight. Homeboy was running threes down on these fools. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Why does he another. speak like that? Lost track of you and boom, another one. That was sweet to see. You keep shooting like that, it's gonna make a huge difference for us. That was sweet to see. Building <laughs> uh, 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 tonight. Homeboy was running threes down on these. Homeboy. Bam, bam. I don't bam. think Eric Gordon has one ever said homeboy another. before he read that script. I don't think he's ever said that word before. Another one. That was sweet to see. What is up, dog? That was sweet to see. I need to know. If that was like one of those situations where he was like, I'm only doing one take of this, fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm out of here. After this. <laughs> or if that was like the best one they got after doing that for like an hour. <laughs> I guarantee you, some dude in the audio booth was like, shit. <laughs> they had to like grab one word from every take because none of the takes were good enough. They just like grab one word from every take. That's why it sounds so chopped up. It's awful. It, it, it just. <laughs> shockingly bad it's so bad i'm tweeting it right now rockets please trade this man off my team we've had enough the air gordon <laughs> era needs to end now please trade this man thank you so much thank you tillman send him home let send him, him home night i'm sure he's got friends in indiana <laughs> somebody called the weather man I'm sure, like the the weird strip clubs in Indianapolis, Miss Eric Gordon, <laughs> send that man home. Oh man! All right. Anyway, um, yeah. All right. That's it. That's that's Malice <laughs> at the Palace. Go watch it or don't. You know, I'm sure they could probably make a better documentary about it eventually, but they won't. They need uh, to. I know that Stephen Jackson said he doesn't want to ever talk about it again. 
that needs its own two and a half hour ESPN documentary treatment. Somebody please make that happen. We are, I will, we, I promise you, we will watch it. I promise you. 1000%. Yeah. Um, all right. We will get to our sports moments, figures, or whatever that we want to see made into documentaries right after this ad break from Apollo Houston. Oh, I'm so excited for this draft. All right. We are going to do uh, best sports moments or figures, I guess, that we want to see made into documentaries. Um, all right. Who wants to go first? Uh, don't let Dex go first. He's going to pick the Baylor National Championship. <laughs> is, come on. We know what's happening here. All right. We'll go Tej, Dex, Royden. I'm picking the Texas 2004 National Championship. Oh, <laughs> boo. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, Vince Young is a hero. Uh, fuck Jeff Fisher. We need to make this into a documentary. I- I'm going to die happy the day that this gets made into a proper documentary. There's so many great storylines. Uh, hook them horns. They've, <laughs> they've made a national championship documentary, right? It's like the only thing that they run on the Longhorn Network. Yeah, they made one, but it's not very good. Uh, but they do run on the Longhorn Network all the time. I want this to be on ESPN. I want everyone to see it, not just people who like the Longhorns. I want all of you to be forced to watch our glory for two hours. That I swear to fun. God, I swear to God, the only thing they have on the Longhorn Network besides swimming is that 2005 national championship. <laughs> and the last time we played AM and won. That those are the only two things that are on the that Nebraska game that they should have won. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going front to you, bro. I like I rooted for Texas a little bit, like growing up, just because I didn't want to root for AM and those are like your two options. Like mm-hmm. when you grow up in Houston. And that Justin Tucker kick, like that last game when they beat AM, I was like. Fuck yeah! Like <laughs> running around in my bedroom, like screaming, standing on my bed and shit. Like fuck yeah! I'm not gonna lie, incredible. like I grew up a Baylor fan because my I was like the only Baylor fan in my small hometown. It was always like, you know, because you can buy a Texas A&M or a uh, UT shirt at, at Walmart. So like, people were rooting for them back in the day, and it was always you and a, you a you a Longhorn or an Aggie. I was like, I like Baylor. They're like, oh. <laughs> I would have literally been like, "What is that?" Yeah. <laughs> Baylor. Well, it was a team that they beat like in in that Vince Young year. That I swear to God, I think they beat Baylor sixty three to nothing. Yeah, it was <laughs> disgusting. It was nasty. It was very nasty. Uh, um, the I the the na- that national championship game. I went to bed. My parents made me go to sleep, and no. I I missed it. I missed it. And everybody was like, "Did you see Texas come back last night?" And I was like, "Excuse me, what?" what happened <laughs> yeah bro we we i definitely watched that game and like uh vince young is from houston and like was like cool with everybody like in like that area that he grew up in so like all the dudes are like at my dad's barbershop or whatever like knew vince young when he was in high school and all that other shit so like everybody down here was a vince young fan and we definitely watched that shit and lost our minds like Still probably the best game I've ever seen. Yeah, it really is. Like, I like fuck Texas forever, but like that, it was, yeah. It's really, it was because Matt Liner was such a douchebag that it just made it so much sweet. I want Matt Liner to be in this documentary a lot. I want to hear (laughs) all his, all the shit that he says. I just want to see the Vince Young documentary and like specifically, I want to see how much money that he spent at the Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) (laughs) At the TGI Fridays. Unreal. If you've ever heard that story, he would spend like it's 20 insane. grand at a cheesecake factory. Insane. Let me just say, I understand. Look, cheesecake factory. Cheesecake factory is fine. 
not even that. Like enough. <laughs> <laughs> How many can I buy? Yeah. <laughs> and Jeff Fisher took a rookie of the year and ruined that man's career. That's crazy. Anyway, all right, Dex, next pick. All right, so I'm gonna go with a moment that brings me a lot of this pain, but I think could make for an incredible documentary. I'm gonna go with the Houston Texans Letterman jacket game. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Ew! Because, bro, what the fuck were y'all doing? <laughs> oh. I fucking hate that. We were so good that we year. were so good. We were incredible. And then we wore those Letterman jackets, and we go up to Foxborough, talking about look. hot shit, talking a lot of hot shit. Tom Brady just—he got us again. Like I, I don't think we beat the Patriots until I was like, what, like in college? Like <laughs> it's the first time that we beat the Patriots. We beat the Patriots after like Wes Welker blew his knee out on the Texans' terrible field. Like that's I, the only time I think. I need a documentary about like, touches briefly on the founding of the Texans, how fucking awful we were until that like Bulls on Parade era. Talk about like how fucking dope that team was until like we just went up to Foxborough and got fucking exposed. We got exposed twice that year. By so Green we, Bay too. Yeah, we started out like 5-0 and oh, and then we played Green Bay and lost like 42-14 to 14 or something stupid <laughs> like that. And then both we, on national TV too, by the way. Yeah. And then, we, okay. We're on a winning streak after that. And we're like 10 and one or whatever, 11 and one, something stupid like that. And then we got exposed again. Like just the biggest fucking frauds you've ever seen in your life. Like Matt Schaub was like in the MVP conversation. Like what the hell, you know, it was, it was something crazy. Like the Texans for, for giants and Cowboys fans, if you're listening, the Texans never, ever, ever, ever get on national tv ever so me seeing them get dismantled twice on sunday night football and monday night football respectfully <laughs> in front of the host <laughs> embarrassing dog embarrassing um yeah that was my first year at college too. i never heard the end of it um i guess okay so the the i'm gonna let uh Dex potentially take the Baylor stuff because I'm gonna go with uh so shout out to Hunter Woods he uh friend from high school he actually tweeted this at me and I need to see it I think there's a YouTube video on it do y'all know Doc Ellis no wait that sounds familiar he is the pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 70s that threw a no hitter on LSD oh what yeah Ooh. Now, he, that's a documentary for you right there. He was doing LSD all morning or all through the night, was still on LSD, forgot that he had to pitch, got on a plane, arrived at the, arrived at the field, and then threw a no-hitter. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> on LSD. Yeah, if you don't know it, go look it up. Um, that's amazing. Doc Ellis. He wasn't really that great outside. of. I mean, he was a decent pitcher, but like outside of that, He's like, yeah, I just threw an entire game on LSD. I think there's like a YouTube like retrospective that maybe like Vice did or something, but it it, it deserves like a full documentary. Um, and then my next pick, it pains me to say, we got to get like a Moneyball 
2017 Astros sort of look back. <laughs> oh, brother. We're going to. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to do so it. so much. Yeah. There's and, so much. And if you sit down and let like, like 20 years from now, if you let like Carlos Correa talk his shit and stuff like that, then it'll be fine. They won't do it. They'll just interview Buster Olney and he'll like cry and say like, it's the worst thing that ever happened to baseball. Even though like, <laughs> even though people were injecting themselves with like bull semen and shit like that, like, yeah, sure. But I, I just, you got to start filming now. Cause we need the matches Mac interview. <laughs> so you got to keep that on ice. Yeah. So I, uh, I got to see it. I got to see it. I'll probably, I'll hate watch it if anything. But there's so fucking much you could talk about. Cause like mm-hmm. that season was amazing. And, and then Houston like, was underwater. <laughs> Houston was underwater, came back. I've, I've never been more lit than that night they won the World Series, bro. And then just to come back, and then they're like, everyone's like, take their championship away. And we're like, nah, we remember. We were there. (laughs) We were there. That's why, like, the UFC stuff is always funny to me, where it's always like, Reggie Bush didn't win the Heisman. Yes, he did. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. (laughs) I saw it happen with my own eyes. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Mm. Fuck off. Uh, So let's see. For my next pick. Yeah, now I'm going to go ahead and take the Baylor pick. I need a documentary about Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler, mm-hmm. specifically from the national championship team. And, you know, whatever they become in their NBA careers, because I think those dudes are going to be stars, especially Davion Mitchell. Davion my boy, Mitchell looks great, man. He looks My great. boy was hooping out here at the summer league. So, yeah. Well, give me everything about them. You know what you can do is, like, you got to really cover, like, how – like Baylor is almost given the death penalty. Like yeah. they, I mean, they hadn't done that for anybody since SMU's football team, which what Baylor did was even worse. Uh, what happened. So like, they almost like that. They, we almost just don't have a basketball team. So for Scott drew to like, come in one to take that job, nobody wanted that job for him to be crazy enough to be like, all right, I'm going to take the job where a player literally just murdered his teammate. You know what I mean? And like, we have no scholarships. We're like literally getting people from like the slick to come in, (laughs) to come in, uh, play basketball for us. It really is a really cool story, even though, uh, Tej will disagree, but like he, he, he did really do an incredible, like they, they talk about it incessantly on, on ESPN, the job that he's done, but it really is like the, for those of you that don't know, like, the, there was nearly not a basketball team at, in Waco, Texas. <laughs> I only watched yeah. this document include the famous uh, Dex Hinton posts about how Scott Drew sucks <laughs> and whatever went anything. If we can go into that blog post, then I will definitely watch this documentary. Interview me for this documentary and just fucking fry me, please. <laughs> you still get you still get fried. You still get shit from that to this yeah. day, dude. I. Back when I was actually going to Baylor football games and like tailgating and shit, I would meet people and they'd be like, oh, you're the guy that wrote that article. (laughs) (laughs) In real life, I was just like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that's me. Uh, the, um, they did make a documentary about the, the, the basketball scandal, um, on Showtime. I don't know if anybody watched, but there is, there is one about it. Um, 
I I gotta be honest, man. I've avoided watching. I avoided watching that. I avoided watching like the Waco Siege show that they did, even though yeah. apparently it's like pretty entertaining or whatever. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need this. All right, Tej, two picks. Uh, these are easy for me. I'm obviously taking the story of the uh, 2017-2018 Rockets that should have beat the Warriors. Would love to see a full documentary about that. That team was so fun. That was the highlight of my Rockets fandom as an adult. That team was incredibly fun. It was obviously heartbreaking when we lost. It was because Chris Paul got hurt. But man, oh man, was that team fun. Y'all couldn't tell me anything at that time of my life. I was 1,000% certain that we were going to win a championship. I would love to watch a documentary about that and cry myself to sleep that night. Um, my second pick is going to be this the definitive Coach K documentary. I'm a big uh, basketball fan. Uh, <laughs> I just have to see all my favorite sons over the years in this documentary. Uh, I was lucky enough to – Texas won a football national championship when I was at Texas, and Duke won a basketball championship when I was at Duke. I was, I was very lucky. So That's dope. Uh, I would love, love, love to see that. Uh, love Coach K. He went out very sad last year. We were incredibly trash. And that's when I knew, oh, God, Coach K is going to retire soon. And, of Ugh. course, he's already re- announced he's going to retire after the season. So, I'm already sad about it. Uh, go Duke. Uh, I want to see the Duke basketball documentary. Really, uh, you know, announcing that he's going to re- – because it's not about him. It's not It's not going to – this. <laughs> Not about him, you know, instead of announcing that you're going to retire after the season and just like going like Roy Williams did, like any normal person out there so he can yeah. suck his dick for a whole year. That's oh my yeah, he, God. Wants, yeah. he wants the Kobe tour. <laughs> yeah, he wants the Kobe tour. Uh, having to do that the entire year is going to be sickening. I, uh... they, they're going to do it, too. That's the they're worst going to do part. It every time he's on ESPN, which will be like 20 times. They're gonna do yeah, this. And like, I can't even be mad at him because, like, I would want to do that too. Like, yeah, fuck you guys. I've been here like, for as long as most of you have been alive. Like, <laughs> yeah, I want my fucking retirement tour. But like, just knowing that we have to give it to him, it's like, oh, come on. Like, Tuesday night, like a Tuesday night in February, they're going to be like, Coach K, here's a tobacco leaf from like north carolina yeah it's gonna be like (laughs) thanks for all the memories from the family at florida state basketball (laughs) georgia tech has made this plaque for you (laughs) like it's gonna be that every game oh gross (laughs) but the 2017 2018 rockets documentary the most fun i've ever had as a sports fan that year was incredible man i God damn it, man. We were so good. We were so fucking good. And nobody could tell us shit, man. Like, I mean, we're already kind of getting back to that, like, off the strength of, like, a couple summer league games. Like, we're already back to our, like, can't tell me shit ways. Ooh, man, the uh, Rockets are going to be bad this year. But, hey. Hey, I'm about to have a great time watching them. I'm about to spread all the propaganda. Jalen Green is confident as shit, and he just talks mad shit. And I don't care if we lose all 82 games. I'm going to love watching Jalen Green, Green. And I'm going to be saying that he's the best player in the league by, I would imagine, at least December, January time. Be on the lookout for my Jalen Green hot takes. Jalen Green oh, for MVP. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as we get to the All-Star game and I can start dropping the Jalen Green got snubbed takes, I'm doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get John Wall off my team, please. <laughs> all right, Dex, next pick. Although Jalen Green also just has an entire city shook already. 
What a king. A king. Uh, all right, let's see. What am I going to do here? What is this? This is pick three for me? Yeah. I'm going to go with the Ronaldo-Messi rivalry mm. after their careers nice. are over. Nice. Because I think, like, I'm sure one that probably already exists, but I haven't seen it. But, like, whenever it's all said and done for those dudes, I want the official Messi versus Ronaldo documentary going to their upbringing. I don't even think they hate each other like that. But, like, people have made it into a thing. So, it's, yeah. yeah. Like, the entire world just decided y'all have to hate each other. (laughs) We're going to hate. We're going to divide ourselves amongst, like, which one of you we like more. And everybody, like, picks a side. Like, if you like the flashy one or... You like the one who just like kind of wins all the time or what? It, like, I need it. Okay, I need mm-hmm. to know about Messi coming up from the streets of Argentina, and Ronaldo over in Portugal just being like it's the perfect physical specimen of a human, and them playing each other like four times a year every year in Spain. They um, go look at pictures of Ronaldo before he started getting those paychecks, though. Like money does wild things. Yeah, that man's face was beat. <laughs> it is crazy how much like because he he turned into like a supermodel overnight. It is bananas what money can do for you. Uh, okay, I got two picks. They've already done like a really extensive like Ken Burns did an entire documentary on like the history of baseball. Mm-hmm. By the way, so it's really it's really kind of compelling it's like the kins burn style documentary where it's like in 1937 like it, it just is like one of those things so but close to stealing my pick here i'm getting nervous because I, I want converse to direct my last pick i i want a comprehensive documentary they already tried to give it to us with the with the bonds or no not the bonds the uh sosa and Long gone summer. Yeah, the, yeah. Thank you. The thirty for thirty with that. And McGuire. They already tried to give it. Give me a full out documentary. People on camera talking about what they were injecting. Where the steroid era. I need it. That safe <laughs> baseball. And those people looked obscene. They looked ridiculous. They looked like video game characters. Yeah. But it, it is crazy. I need Mark McGuire literally looks like a character model from that old game Bigs. of Bigs. Yeah. Like, shit is insane. <laughs> it, they, I, I just need it, man. I just need an entire documentary on this steroid because it's com- It's just comical. They were hitting 5,000 foot home runs <laughs> and people and like the commissioner Bud Selig was just like, oh, <laughs> just like, well, I didn't see it. You know what I mean? I just need it. That, that'd be great. Um, and then... Let's see. What do I want? Uh, I mean, I need the comprehensive Akeem Olajuwon documentary. Oh, yeah, great choice. Great that choice. man doesn't get enough. Man doesn't get enough play. To be honest, I mean, people they'll always be like, "Oh yeah," and Akeem Olajuwon's in my top ten. But he, he's like, actually, probably one of the, if not the greatest center of all time, one of the greatest center. Just kind of overlooked outside of Houston. I feel like hell influential, I, people, like from college. Like, yeah. That would be so much fun, man. Did they? They did a five slam a jamma documentary, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did, did a thirty for thirty on five slam a jamma, right? Yeah. So I just want the I just want the whole thing. Like the dude not even playing basketball until he was like fifteen or whatever. Like he was a soccer player. Insane. 
Yeah, give me that. I want that. Him slapping the shit out of Vernon Maxwell that one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite, my favorite thing about that is uh during um was it Ramadan? Like he wouldn't he wouldn't eat or drink. Yeah, he still was playing. But he still was playing and dropping like 40. Crazy. But yeah, if you've never heard Vernon Maxwell tell the story about the time Kim Elijah wants to slap the shit out of him, look that shit up. It's incredible. <laughs> All right. Dex, final pick. Final pick. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, so I'm going to go with one that might cause Tease a little bit of pain. And oh, I'm going to oh. take... Colt McCoy getting injured in the championship oh, game. No. Mm. Oh, God, making no, that no. business decision only to get drafted in the fourth round. Yeah, guys, guys please stop this right now. <laughs> I I was still trauma. don't do this. I was still like rooting for Texas at this time because like I was still on the high of Vince Young and I was still a child. And so, like, you know, Texas was my team when I was a kid because you could only have. Texas or Texas A&M, and I wasn't going to root for A&M at any point in my life. But watching Colt McCoy, like, get cooked and <laughs> destroyed by, like, some Bama defenders in that championship game, then seeing Garrett Gilbert come out here. That boy was not ready. He was no. not ready. And then it looked like he might almost be We made ready. a little comeback. Oh, yeah, like, towards the end. And then it, like, just all went to shit. And then, like the Texas program just went to shit, and Alabama was Alabama again. So I need, that I need the, the documentary of, about both sides. That was the beginning of the very long curse that is Texas football that is still ongoing. So I'm not ready to watch this until the curse is broken, and then I could watch this. That's one of the most painful sports days in my life. That was awesome. I, I, awesome. I fully believe that they would have won that game. Yeah, they, I really do actually believe that. But uh, they've been doing fake punts in the first quarter. I said, oh, he's scared. I was so, so excited, man. Saban is a war criminal for what they did to poor Garrett Gilbert because he <laughs> he was like a consensus, like 99 five-star prospect coming out of coming – I mean, he kind of came back and, like, did, like, okay with SMU, I think, later on in his college career, and now he's in the pros. Yeah, yeah he, Garrett Gilbert's still in the NFL. Yeah. So, like, he's – He's done fine, but he was supposed to be like the heir apparent. And then that poor guy couldn't even, that poor guy couldn't get out of his own head because he was seeing ghosts from Alabama defenders. And then y'all had to go and like play Case McCoy. Ew. (laughs) The Case McCoy era was a nasty era, bro. Disgusting. That That era where y'all went from like Cole McCoy and the older Shipley brother to David Ash. And now we're just like, okay, fuck it. was nasty business, bros. The Tyrone we got the Swoops younger McCoy and the younger Shipley. <laughs> we had I, Tyrone Swoops era where he we couldn't throw the throw the ball. I, I, oh, don't please. I had some. Away. I'm not kidding. I I just was looking at old football stuff today, and I was like, man, Case McCoy. Like I just kind of got down a rabbit hole. Case McCoy's stats are disgusting. That boy was <laughs> ass. That boy was garbage. He, oh man, he, he his senior year where he started all thirteen games, eleven touchdowns, thirteen interceptions, only nineteen hundred passing yards. Ew. But mm. shout out to him for being a part of the the Baylor Big Twelve Championship. Yep. Um, case closed. Case closed. The the yeah, going from going from Colt McCoy and Jordan Shipley to 
Case McCoy and Jackson Shipley is a disgusting. <laughs> mm. Oh, sad times. All right, it's my last pick. Yep. Uh, I want a Ken Burns definitive documentary about the history of the UFC. Uh, Ooh. I just want to see the, the early days of the UFC are some of the wildest, craziest, should have been outlawed in every state in this country as fights. You have 350-pound fat dudes fighting 120-pound judo masters with fucking no rules. That shit was insane. People were fighting in jeans, which is a disgusting thing to do. <laughs> It's fighting in, uh, it's fighting in fighting like tennis in shoes, in tennis <laughs> shoes. They were like kicking each other with like Converse on. Yeah. <laughs> it's disgusting. I want to see the history of the UFC into what it has become. I would love to watch a documentary like that. I would be obsessed with that. So that, that's my last pick. Go watch some of those early. Like you can find every, I think it's like every heavyweight champion of the UFC's history, like on YouTube. Just go Google that. Those dudes are so obviously on steroids. It's so crazy. <laughs> like, and they're beating the fuck out of each other too. <laughs> like, like no regard. I'm surprised nobody died. I really am. Like, they, I was only like vaguely aware of like what early UFC fights looked like until I watched like did like a Chuck and Tito thirty for thirty about Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz, and they showed yep. some of the early UFC fights, and I was like, how how is this legal? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Hmm um it it legitimately is shocking that nobody died and that that should have been over but the, the one of the funniest things my dad i didn't really even know what ufc was and like we weren't you know we didn't watch fights and stuff back in the day but he like he went over to you know it's a it's a guy's night we're all gonna drink beer and watch the game and like the only time that like dudes get away from their family for like 30 minutes and he said oh yeah it's gonna be a run real not uh long night they all pitched in for the fight he said i'm never doing that shit he came back home he's like i'm never doing that shit again dude roundhouse kicked that guy in the face the fight was over in 30 seconds <laughs> bro i paid for the Derek lewis fight this last time me too I had, I had never paid for a fight before and i was like you know what i don't feel like going to a bar i don't i'm just gonna watch this shit i don't want to deal with streams and all this other shit. I'm going to just pay for this fight. Derek Lewis got fucking cooked, but I'm never paying for that shit again. Get the fuck out of here. Nope. <laughs> I, I never pissed, bro. Never pay off of just principle. I never pay for UFC fights. And the card was incredible. The card was fun. Fight. And then the main event happened. It was like, oh, this is this fight is trash. I'm this never doing this shit again, bro. You can uh, catch me at Low Woodrow's or whatever the fuck. Like, I'm, I'm never paying for a fight ever again, bro. <laughs> uh, any honorable mentions? I want to see. I want to see the naming rights scandal with Enron on Enron Field at uh, <laughs> for the for the Astros. Fun time. I, I just want to see. I just want to see Drake McLean being like, "Our field's name what?" <laughs> I want to see Tillman Fertitta's uh, finances, the documentary of the Tillman <laughs> Yeah, I need to see behind the scenes. I want to know exactly how broke we are, bro. I need to. You know, know that thirty for thirty that was called broke about athletes, yes. like spending money. <laughs> yes. Just uh, just redo that with Tillman Fertitta. Tillman Fertitta story. I need that. I need Have y'all seen the thirty for thirty about that dude who like bought a hockey team with no money? <laughs> yes, uh -uh. <laughs> it's like one of the OG thirty for thirties. It's called Big Shot. Absolutely incredible. Some dude. Just bought an NHL team and would just always be like, checks in the mail, checks in the mail. And they realized they didn't have any fucking money. 
He just bought it off of his like name and like yeah, he just just bought it. Everybody <laughs> thought he had money, but he didn't actually have any money. I've yeah. never heard of this. That's crazy. Big shot. Look it up. But yeah, Toma, it feels like Toma Fertitta kind of did that shit. But oh I guess we'll God. see. <laughs> my dad's broke. I like to keep talking about, but he's broken it down for me because he's like he's in on like yeah, Tillman Fertitta is gonna like get his kneecaps taken out or something like that. Cause, <laughs> Because the dude took out, if you don't know, Tim and Fertitta, he owns all the Landry's restaurants. He owns Golden Corral or owns like the majority stake in that. But he um, he was hit hard in the pan, just like every service and or like entertainment industry was. Yeah, because all of his money is restaurants, hotels and casinos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was hit hard during the pandemic right after he bought that team. Not to mention he took out like loans on he, most people just like straight up buy the team like or like get an ownership group together and then they throw in like actual money. He took out loans to buy an NBA team. Yep. He took out loans to buy an NBA team. If this guy ruins my fucking, anyway, I won't even get into it. (laughs) And then he was like, he was going to try to like, he's going to try to like pay James Harden $50 million. Like how? We haven't paid the luxury tax since he's on the team. (laughs) And they keep doing that thing where it's like, well, I'm not opposed to paying the luxury tax. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just tired of the storyline. It sounds it like you're anymore. pretty opposed. It, it looks like you're opposed just from the fact that you haven't paid it. They ask you every year and every year you're like, we'll see. And then you don't pay it. So now luckily we're young. We don't care about the luxury tax and get John Wall and Eric Gordon off my team. And let's just be very young and very fun. Let's do it. I want uh, the documentary on how Yankees fans justify like 18 of their championships before black people could play. Yeah. Hey man, they don't count unless the Yankees won them, in which case we're counting them. <laughs> those are the rules that's all 27 rings but like most of them were like before integration yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> except you know Babe Ruth maybe probably black we don't know Who that's can true say? that's a black king Please Who can don't, say? don't take that away from us Babe Ruth was black <laughs> Babe Ruth is black king facts uh, uh, we, yeah. we obviously need a documentary about Kobe Bryant just like start mm-hmm. to finish it we we'll get one. We'll get one. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get a really good one too, and it's going to be beautiful. Man. It has to be incredible. You cannot fuck that up. Let Just the get the last last dance, people. Exactly. Do make Jason Herzog. Make him do it. Or the or the guy that did the uh, OJ documentary, which is by the way, like incredible. It is incredible probably the best. Content. It is probably the best sports documentary. Maybe one of the best documentaries of all time. So it much is, stuff in there that I didn't it, know, and I feel it's like crazy to even call it a documentary because it's six hours long. Yeah. But like. No, it's like eight. It's like eight. It's like Is eight it? one hour parts. It's yeah. really long. Yeah. No. So that. Um, but dude, that was incredible television. I was tuned in. I don't remember if they did it night to night or if they did it like weekly, but I tuned in every single time because the shit was amazing. For the. Uh, OJ made in America. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, just uh, we'll get a We'll get a Kobe. Get a Kobe Bryant. I'm sure we'll get a Tom Brady documentary too. Like, ugh. Eh, I don't need that. Tom Brady's not that I'm interesting. I'm sure it's coming. Man. I'm sure he's going to get a 10-part doc that I'm going to wholly ignore. Fuck Tom Brady. He just wins a lot. Like I, he, Tom Brady doesn't seem that interesting to me. Maybe maybe a documentary will open my eyes. All this cool shit about Tom Brady. But, like, he wins a lot. It's good enough for me. I don't care. Is Donald Trump going to be one of the people that they ask questions to in this documentary? I'm, to, out. I'm right? out. I'm just out. I'm out. I'm out on this doc. At, least, need- at least Ron DeSantis. <laughs> we need a documentary like the last dance except for the nba bubble because you know they have the cameras rolling like, oh that's yeah and i, I just that's know they good, did man 
That's going to be that. really, we need that. Going to get Daniel House red handed finally. <laughs> <laughs> the unforeseen footage, the previously unseen footage of Daniel House sneaking into a nurse's room with his dick in his hand. We God need damn that. Daniel House. We need LeBron James being at the players only meeting, just being like, well, fuck it. We're not going to play then. Oh, we're playing? All right. Well, we're playing. We're, we're. We're play- okay. Okay. If we're playing, we're playing then. Let's play. <laughs> we're not going to play, but you're, you're saying like, I won't win a championship if we don't play. Like, we're not going to finish this. Okay. We're playing. <laughs> okay. We're playing, guys. I read the first 10 pages of Malcolm X's autobiography. And... <laughs> I'm now an expert. We're playing, guys. Well, they would want us to play, to be honest. <laughs> the NBA bubble, that documentary is definitely coming. That's just That's a wild thing that actually happened. I can't believe that it happened. It's gonna I can't believe great. they pulled it off, man. <laughs> just... And it was so funny because while it was happening, everybody was like, no way nobody gets COVID. And then we were like, oh, maybe if you just don't allow COVID in. <laughs> like literally don't allow anyone in. Yeah. yeah. Then maybe we don't get COVID. It's crazy how that works. Weird. Like Daniel House was like, I'm going to start a rap career and I'm going to go out and be horny. Perfect. God <laughs> did, did not play horny is still the funniest. Like. <laughs> DMV <horny>. <laughs> 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 but yeah like fucking espn and the nba just being like all right so we take over disney world for two months and we play basketball mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that shit just worked like <laughs> it was dope amazing we need that russell Ye- westbrook yelling at children and mothers <laughs> a whole a whole 10 minutes on russell westbrook just yelling at random toddlers <laughs> down like 15 <laughs> God one of the damn. funniest, one of the funniest photos on the internet. It's him just screaming, and then it pans over, and it's just like a mom and her kids. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't know about me, and he's just like, like breastfeeding. <laughs> You're just like, all right. Um, oh man, there's there's several like people will get in our mentions. Like somebody did say, like the entire 2020 sports season we got to have a, a whole documentary though like if they, they do the nba bubble we cannot leave out that just like rudy gobert was like <laughs> patient zero patient zero for the entirety of sports getting canceled crazy they yeah rudy gobert COVID, and he said i'm just gonna touch all these mics Woo, you guys are nervous aren't you and then he got fucking covid and yeah. shut down the league rudy gobert <laughs> being like most americans like gateway into like taking covid seriously it's just fucking it's insane, insane. Like, that doesn't even make fucking sense like what the fuck are you talking about dog we had like coaches like dying on the sideline and they were just like what we're not gonna cancel the season right yeah we are they just straight up remember they just straight up cancel sorry they just straight up canceled like march, march madness. madness this didn't happen we just didn't no, have a chance. Yep. But yeah, there was a college coach. I don't remember who it was or what team it was, but he had like the flu or something. And he was on the sideline, like dying, looking hella sick. And everyone was like, oh, oh no, baby, what are you doing? We are going home. It was like Virginia. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not actually like, I don't have COVID. And he's like, he's like literally dying on the sideline. <laughs> but yeah, fucking being wild. That that day was nuts because it, it within like the matter of like hours they had canceled 
they canceled for those of you that don't know about 2020 within a matter of hours, they canceled like <laughs> all NBA and NCAA basketball games because Rudy Gobert was like, I'm sick all because of fucking Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and we Amazing. all thought like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were like going to come to blows. Like as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as Donovan Mitchell got negative, we were like, okay, they're going to fight. Like they can't be on the same team anymore. You gave me COVID. Oh my God. Anyway. All right. You can find us at One Take Pod, uh, One Take Pod on Twitter, One Take Pod on all podcast platforms. Please download, rate, and subscribe. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitch, or not Twitch. Well, Twitch at Apollo HOU, but uh, One Take Pod on all social media accounts. Dex, where can they find the dopest use of merch? ApolloHOU.store. Check us out. We got the dopest Rockets merch, Astros merch. We, you know, maybe we'll have Texans merch. Who cares? um letter jackets yeah well letter jackets are coming (laughs) i'm trying to get some like apollo racing team shit off the ground we're gonna be looking like a fucking formula one team out here like you know just just check us out and if anything's still expensive for you just use promo code one take pod o-n-e-t-a-k-e-p-o-d at checkout get 10 percent off all right what else are we doing though hashtag support florence Pugh. she like just announced a new movie that she's gonna be in about like I don't remember what it's about. Doesn't matter. Four few minutes, so it's gonna be good. Go see it. <laughs> All right, we're out.